Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We started the show talking about both the Mets and the Yankees and just the frustrating things that were taking place. The, you know, waiting for Aaron Judge and what's going on with that toe. We hope that everything is okay with Judge. We'll get word, I would assume, tomorrow at some point, probably early. Uh, although maybe not, maybe when the Yankees... Meet the media. I'm, I'm sure word will get leaked out somehow tomorrow what's going on with Aaron Judge in the morning. They have to know what's going on now. So that's what's frustrating that they're not telling us. But either way, they get a nice night's sleep and you know we'll find out the news. And then the other thing that was bothering me was Tomas Nito and all the fuss about a, a backup catcher at best. Like, who cares? I mean, that does show you that nothing else is going on when everybody's making a fuss about Tomas Nito being DFA'd. Obviously, with Norvaez coming back, but more importantly, the Mets have a Big series ahead of them in Atlanta. This is the one. You know, these are fun series here. This is what it's all about. Obviously, it doesn't mean as much as the postseason, but this is as good as it gets. Just like we got excited for the Yankees taking on the Rays or even the Yankees Blue Jays or Yankees Orioles. Well, Mets Phillies last week, and now the Mets Braves. And coming off of last year's disaster, that makes this even more exciting. Going back to the scene of the crime last year where the Mets lost the division by getting swept. Oh, by the way, next week, Mets and Yankees will be playing head-to-head. They each have, what a weird schedule. They each have off Monday and Thursday next week. And obviously the two games that they play each other, Tuesday and Wednesday night. Just weird to have two off days in the same week like that. That won't happen again. Uh, Let's see, for the Mets, it doesn't happen again until September. And for the Yankees, it doesn't happen again until end end of July, same thing. Mets don't have that. With the end of July, the Yankees will play the Mets in the Subway Series again, and they have off the same thing Monday and that Thursday. That's an, that's just odd scheduling. Weird to have the two off days, and obviously the All Star break, but that doesn't count here. But you look at the you know the other weeks, so only one more time for each team will they have two off days in a week outside of next week, and both teams with the off day today. Uh, as well. 877-337-6666. Charlie is calling from Beth Page. What's up, Charlie? Well, how we doing? Everything good? Uh, yeah, not bad, Charlie. What's going on? Hey, nothing. You're killing me. I'm loving the yard work and the talk. I mean, I mean, are you living out in Mattituck and Cutchard with your 50 acres and your John Deere? No, I wish. I mean, oh, I just got a shovel and a few bags of mulch, and I barely am doing it. I mean, I'm doing half here, half there, a little around one of the bushes by the mailbox, half the front yard. I really don't care about this stuff, but I, now I just need it to get done. I want the bags off my driveway. You know what I mean? 
I hear you, but you're cracking me up. Every time you're talking about it, I'm getting flashback when I was a kid of Green Acres and you in a pair of overalls and a pitfork and just <laughs> left. Yeah. yeah, no. But um, listen, I can't understand this. Like, speak to you last Thursday, pumped up with the Mets. It's like we got no consistency. Uh, it's just like I get on a good run, three games, a divisional team, and then we go play Toronto. And there's, like, no carryover after beating Philly three. Uh, the starting lineup uh, from the first five batters, they, they don't seem to all hit together. It's, it's a very streaky team. And I just hope my summer's not going to go like this all summer long because I won't be able to take it. Well, I mean, what options do you have? What, what are the alternatives to not being able to take it? I, I mean, I, I don't know. I just don't know. You're shaking up the lineup. I mean, I, I like our lineup. I do like the lineup. I, I like McNeil. I, I like everybody up there. Alonzo, Lindor's going to come around. Lindor's way too good of a player to be like this. Uh, but, I mean, I, I like our lineup, especially beginning of our lineup. I love. But it just doesn't seem like they, they can hit together on a consistent basis, uh, you know. And, you know, it's just tough to watch it, you know. But Yeah, well, you know, I mean, look, that's that's part of what it is being a fan, Charlie. You just deal with it. I mean, you watch it and you see what changes they're going to have to make. See, the other thing that you can't lose perspective on is that this is a different type of complaint or frustration for the Mets fan than in years past, where in years past it's, oh, my God, this team, they need to get better players in here, and they're winning 70 games a year. This is different. Like 500 used to be, wow, the Mets are at 500. Now it's, oh, my God, the Mets are at 500. So it should be enjoyable just to be at that level that where 500 was something that we used to look at as good when it comes to the Mets. Now we look at it as bad. But ultimately I do think this team – is too good. I do think that they will be better than what they're playing right now. I also do not think this is a team that will win the World Series this year. But we also, like last year, you were saying it before, it was a good point. Buck looks to win series. That's what every team looks to do. And we're not winning. We're losing the two out of three and winning a game, even before the Philly series. I mean, what was it, Chicago and uh, I Colorado. Forget who yeah. Colorado, right. You know, one, one, one and two against them. And you know, it's just, it's not going this way. And I guess we're going to come out of it. But last year, we were winning series. We were winning those two with, with two out of three, three out of four every weekend and every week. And it just got to watch them and just have faith in them. But it's, it is kind of tough to watch them, especially after a big weekend like it was and the Hall of Fame inductions at, at City Field. But we'll see where it goes. But thank you very much. Well, thank you, Charlie, as always. Yeah, I don't think it's tough to watch them. It's just, it's more deflating than anything else because you know they're better than what they've been playing like. And they keep getting jump-started and then keep faltering. That's what's frustrating. Coming off of the Rays and Guardian series, how do you justify losing two out of three in Chicago and then losing two out of three in Colorado? So they had the hot start, thinking, okay, here we go. They're going to get it going. Then they falter on the road. Then they come back home. All right, hot start. Here we go, sweeping the Phillies. Then they get swept. Almost any result other than the sweep would have been acceptable. But again, you didn't want to lose the series, period. And now, all right, here we go. An off day. What's going to what's gonna be in store over the course of these next eight games where they've had three off days now 
three in Atlanta, three in Pittsburgh. They'll come they'll come back home. They'll be off, and then they get the Yankees, as we said before, two games with the Yankees, and then another off day before taking on the Cardinals. So, look, I, I don't know what the future holds for this team. They should be better than what they are. I'm just trying to do the lineup here where we could guess what Buck is going to do tomorrow. If Darling is right and they're going to move Marte back up, which, by the way, I don't think is a bad thing the way he's been performing. Nimmo, Marte, Lindor, Alonzo, got to be Beatty behind him. And then this is where the question marks start to come in. Do you put, because I don't think you'd put McNeil behind Beatty. So then are you going to put Canna or Pham, let's say, behind Beatty? Because you don't want to have two lefties there. I mean, I guess the other option would be to have McNeil hit fifth and move Beatty down. But still, either way, you're going to need one of those righties that's probably not Alvarez, right? If Buck likes him down in the nine spot, let's just, for fun, go Alvarez there because he is the next best option. Nimmo, Marte, Lindor, Alonzo, Beatty, Alvarez, McNeil. That would be seven. And then you have DH, whoever you want to put, and left field, whoever you want to put. It doesn't really matter, right? Canna. Fam, Vogelback, Escobar, I guess, any of that, any of that combo there. But that's probably their best lineup in order. Nemo, Marte, Lindor, Alonzo, Beatty, Alvarez, McNeil, and then the DH in left field spot. Still not that's not a great lineup. Dave is calling from Queens. What's up, Dave? Hey, what's going on? Um <laughs> Mets fan long time since seventy three when I was nine. But uh this team is very frustrating. Like you said, uh, last year, it's pretty much the same team. We just didn't get that uh, superstar bat that we were looking for, you know. But anyway, uh, you know, Alonzo has no protection, you know, really. Um, and you know what? I'm, I'm beginning to think that Lindor is it's the start of his decline. Even though he's still somewhat young, but there's some players that, you know, they reach their peak early, and then, you know, they start fading. They still, still play great shortstop, but batting-wise, uh, you know, I'm not saying he's as bad uh, as bad as Jason Bay, if you remember Jason Bay. But yeah, how could I forget? You begin to see, you begin to see the, you know, he's not that consistent hitter. And what is his lifetime batting average, 260? Who's this, Lindor you're talking about? Yeah, Lindor, yeah. I had it up before. I think it was 270, if I'm not mistaken. Right, and he's what two thirteen now. Right, exactly. All right, I mean, you know, I, uh, God bless the Rod Carews and all those guys that used to hit. Remember when? Oh, I mean, you're kind of young, but there was there was a time when there was a bunch of three hundred hitters. What, what? They all disappeared. We don't we don't have that talented group of batters anymore. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think the launch angle stuff and the different data and analytics have you know they've um, diminished what batting average has meant. Now, I grew up watching Tony Gwynn and George right. Brett, you know, Ken Griffey Jr. Guys were hitting. Now, remember, too, we also, it was the steroid era where guys were hitting 330 regularly. Good hitters yeah, well, were hitting well over 300. I'm talking about the 70s and 80s. Well, I guess the steroids started coming in the 80s, but I remember the 70s when it was a bunch of 300 hitters, and they were all natural. You know, they, right. they weren't doing steroids in the 70s. Well, uh, I don't think so. The bottom line was, they were, I don't know, it just seems like there's less talented hitters these days. Let me see if I can look up. I want to look up some batting leaders, just for fun. 
um, from back in some of those years. Uh, da, da, da. I could look that up. Look, it's just different. The game has changed. I mean, you you know, you would see batting average be a premium back then. And you, you remember um, uh, Brett uh, George Brett? Of course, yeah, I love George he, he Brett. One flirting, of my favorite was, players growing up. He was flirting with uh, four hundred when he batted what uh, three ninety or three eighty nine or something like that. Three eighty-eight. Uh, let's see. Well, here we go. Nineteen eighty-six. Why not? Because that's a fun year. Top ten in batting average in Major League Baseball. Wade Boggs, three fifty-six. Donnie Baseball, three fifty-one. Tim Raines. Let me just make sure I'm in the right category here. Yeah, uh, records for batting average. Uh, Tim Raines, three thirty-four. Steve Sachs, three thirty-one. Right. Tony right. Gwynn, right. three twenty-eight. Kirby Puckett, three twenty-seven. Pat no, Tabler, three twenty-five. Good. Sorry to cut you off, but today there's nobody near that. We don't even have. I mean, listen to those numbers and listen to those players, and you look at these players today. I mean, what's the top guy? What two, three, ten, oh, maybe three, fifteen? No, no. Uh, Luis Arise is hitting three ninety two, but behind him you got Freeman at three thirty, Acuna at three thirty, Bo Bichette at three twenty nine. Uh, Yoshida at three eighteen, Nick Castellanos at three sixteen, Yandy Diaz three twelve. Right. Uh, your b- top ten is barely cracking three hundred. Right, 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 right. Oh, well, I mean, still the top ten, I guess. Back then, I don't know. Maybe it's not as bad as you think. I guess uh, I thought it just seemed like there were better hitters back in the day. I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, maybe uh, maybe it's just uh, the way that we used to look at it. Last year, this year, the batting average is up. And thank you for the call, Dave. I'm just this is fun actually to take a look at. Last year, you had Judge was five, hitting three ten, and after that, everybody else was under three ten. So this year, you have uh, everybody from one through eight is over three ten. 1986, everybody one through ten was over three ten. Kevin Bass was hitting three eleven to round that out. That's just one year in '86. Let's see if we go up a couple years. '89. Yeah, I mean, still, and you had guys that were consistent. A lot of the same guys up there. 1990, and then we started to get really into the steroid era. Let's see, '98. Larry Walker, 360. John Olrud, 350. Bernie, 338. Mo Vaughn, 336. I had no idea Mo Vaughn. I forgot that he, I mean, I know it was a power hitter. I had no idea he hit that high. Uh, Dante Bichette, 330. Albert Bell, 328. Piazza, 328. Eric Davis. See, you can see, remember I was saying before, like you round out in 86, the top 10 was around 309, 310, whatever. Biggio, Craig Biggio, was 10th in batting average in 1998 at 325. I mean, that's ridiculous. The following year, 1999, Pudge Rodriguez was 331, and he was 10th. I mean, that's ridiculous. You could probably have the top 20 guys were hitting over 300. Now, there's a drop-off. Now, it's if you hit 280. Back in the 80s or 90s, you were hitting 280. You were scrub. Now, you hit 280. It's like, oh, at least you got a good batting average. Jack is calling from the Upper West Side. What's up, Jack? Hey, Sal. Um, great show. You know, it's great having you on any time of day. Um, you know, I think you've nailed what's going on with the Mets. I, I, I completely agree with your overall view of it. Um, you know, uh, what's, I guess, so crazy is you come out of Philly feeling so good and, and they're trending good. And then, um, you know, we when we when we took Cleveland for, for the sweep and beat the Rays, you know, it's been so up and down. 
But I, I, looking around the league, I just wonder if, you know, we're part of a kind of mediocrity parity thing going on where every team that's around 500 is really within a game or two of the playoffs. And I, I just wonder if things have just with the expansion of the playoffs, it's just flattened out a bit. You know, I don't know. It's a good point. I mean, maybe with the expansion, with the, you know, you're talking about the expansion of the postseason where teams, um, I don't know, feel like they don't have to be Different as, yeah, well, right. I mean, maybe, I mean, may, well, I don't know. I don't have the answers for it, but definitely what we're seeing, Jack, is the sport evolving, right? I mean, there's no question about it or sports in general evolving and there doesn't seem to be that urgency. We see it in basketball where you know there's rest days where the stars don't play in the regular season. The regular season is basically meaningless. Unfortunately, now we've seen that with baseball, which should be the most meaningful regular season because of the grind, the 162 games. It used to be so special. It has now been diminished. I don't know. I don't have the answers. I'm evolving learning with it because we knew it one way our whole lives and now it's changed and that's all sports like if you were to ask me growing up what the playoff formats were I would know them like the back of my hand right you know them left and right right now I have a hard time telling you because it's so confusing they just change it there's different teams how many teams what kind of play and stuff like they're changing it every year so it's hard to really you know, figure out what exactly is going on when a lot of the stuff is new still. So we're evolving with the sport evolving. Well, it's definitely early, you know, to see how that one team having the early rounds with one team having all the home games and the buys. So I think it's a little early to see how that's going to shake out over time. I mean, they're, you know, going back to even the cards that beat us in 06, we won the World Series with like 80-something wins. So it, it, it happens. Um, you know, even um, Miami despite being an eight seed, I don't really think of them as a true eight seed because they were in the conference final, I think, three of the last four years, So, and they have a certain pedigree. Um, one, one other thing on, on our Mets, I'm totally with you that um, I think that this next you know, week to ten days playing um, playoff teams like, like the Braves and the Yankees and even Pittsburgh who's competing, I just think um, you know, it is definitely an opportunity for them to kind of find their mojo, but... Um, we are missing that sense of urgency. I, we definitely are better than this. It just, I, I don't think we're as bad as we look this week. Uh, it just seems like from week to week you're looking at two different teams. So, um, you know, let's, uh, let's hope those, the starting pitchers can continue to hang in there and stay healthy. Uh, we do need some arms in the bullpen. Oh, last thing, Nito, surely it's not a huge loss, but I really love the idea of being able to use Narvaez and um, um, Alvarez, Alvarez, uh, yeah. as Alvarez as DHs. Um, with with a bona fide, you and I both always loved the defensive catcher. So I loved having that guy in the in, you know in the uh, for an emergency. And I would have sent Vogi packing and and kept a viable defensive catcher. I think Narvaez is a clutch bat. He's been in it in his career. So having him and Alvarez in the lineup wouldn't have bothered me one bit. So agreed. Lot, I, that's where I never. I thank you for the call, Jack. Good to hear from you. See, that's where I wouldn't have had a problem had they kept Tomas Nito. Now, you're right. In this scenario, they had to get rid of Daniel Vogelback. They're not going to do that. They still believe in Vogelback's offensive numbers. They like that he gets on base. I can't understand that. And look, I'm not going to make a big fuss about it because I don't think Tomas Nito is particularly good. He would just be insurance so you can have both Alvarez and Narvaez in that lineup. You know, the options of DH, as I said before, would you rather have Narvaez as the lefty bat or Daniel Vogelback? I know which one I want, 
And then you could live with left field with Pham or Canna. And obviously, you know, let's say against the lefty, you go with Pham or Canna as DH. And you still get Alvarez and Narvaez in that lineup the majority of the time together. And we got to see what Narvaez is, but what if he starts hitting? Then what? You're not going to want Alvarez in that lineup as a DH? You're going to rather have him be the backup catcher? Nonsense. Not ideal to have your catcher DH, but if you had a third catcher, then you could do it. And just because Tomas Nito was gone doesn't mean that the Mets couldn't do that with, say, Perez or somebody else, but you know, just wouldn't hurt to have that being an option. It's less about Tomas Nito and more about trying to get Alvarez and Narvaez bats in that lineup at the same time. 877-337-6666. Quick break. Come back with more of your calls. Yankees, as we await the word on Aaron Judge. Yanks return home after a very good trip, You know, taking two of three from the Dodgers. This after, of course, beating up on the Seattle Mariners. So the Yankees had a nice trip. They return home at 4-2, and two, doing what you should do, win series. Unfortunately for them, they're getting better, but they continue to be hit with injuries. Just as they get some guys back, they start to lose some other guys. So we await how severe the injuries will be. With Aaron Judge, with Nestor Cortez, we'll get word probably tomorrow what the Yankees are going to do. And the Mets, of course, return to action tomorrow in Atlanta, set for a big three-game series with the first place Atlanta Braves. 877-337-6666. Sal Licata on the fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Just for housekeeping purposes, my schedule will be back on the overnight schedule starting Wednesday morning. So tomorrow night, yeah, tomorrow's Tuesday, tomorrow night, technically Wednesday morning, 2 a.m. to 5 a.m. We're back on that um, for uh, you know for the time being. 877-337-6666. Hector is calling from Washington Heights. What's up, Hector? So, what's going on? How so, are you, Hector? Good to hear from you. I, yeah, I'm doing, doing okay. Doing good. Um, I, I was listening to you uh, go down that list of um, all those scrubs back in the days. Man, I can't believe how many scrubs was in the league, man. Heading 300. Can you believe that? Who are you talking about in particular? No, when you said the top 10 hitters in 86, and then I forget the years that you went down. A bunch of scrubs. Those guys are a bunch of scrubs. They hit 300. Can you believe that? That medium yeah. 300 batting average? Yeah, I'm right. What does, it, what does it mean, right? A great batting average. So what? George Brett hit 329. Who cares? 
Yeah, yeah. I, you know, the, the new mentality with baseball just makes me sick. The three through three true outcome nonsense and all that garbage. But whatever. I, I, I was just fascinated to hear those names, and I'm like, wow. Um, but what are you gonna do? It is what it is. I guess, like you said, we have to adapt to the new baseball. I don't like it. I don't want to. But we are here, right? We're we're the the ones getting old. Well, I think, but I think we're still learning, right? You're right, Hector. It's so weird for us, those of us of a certain age, just growing up. You know, if you're a 20 year old kid or 25, or whatever, you don't have the time invested in. So maybe it's really not that significant of a change. If you're over 30, if you're over 40, like I am, like Hector is, if you're obviously older than that, you've seen oh, so much. Putting my business out there. Jeez. Oh, come on. How old are you exactly, by the way? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. What are we looking at? Fifty? How old are we? You know how old I am. Because we're about forty-seven. About forty-seven. No, I don't. but anyway. but anyway, like we're we're evolving. It's so weird for me, and I get that it's expanded. Whether it's teams expanding, whether it's postseason expanding, but now it's a different format. Now there are bot. It's totally different in Major League Baseball, and really with the other sports as well. NFL, same thing. NHL with the division breakers. The NBA with the play-in. It's all changed. Yeah, there's a couple of things there that I don't, I'm not sure that I want to accept that I want to adapt to. And, you know, the first thing is the whole regular season not meaning anything and just trying to get by and get in, whatever. I mean, it is what it is. And also just, I mean, I've said this before, man, there's no way, there's no metric, there, there's nothing, nothing that anybody can give me that will make me convince me that Daniel Vogelback is a good baseball player. Like, this dude is not a baseball player. He should be playing softball with me on the weekends. He maybe should go play in Evans Baseball League with me on Sundays. He might do well there. But he shouldn't be on Major League Baseball. I don't care. But hopefully, hopefully for us and for them, he turns out to be whatever it is that they think um, that he's going to be because we're going to need it. Um, but isn't it It's disgusting to me <laughs> that when you go through a lineup, right, the DH doesn't pop up in that lineup until the eighth batter. Like, Really? Like, all this time as a National League fan, you look around the American League, and the DH is always 3, 4, 5. At worst, maybe hit 6. You know what I'm saying? But it was a, a dude that was a, a legit power threat at, at least. Vogelbeck knows nothing. He's a great walker. Oh and it's, it's not even just him. Yeah, no, he's the designated walker. And he's not even a great walker because when he gets on base, he can't do anything with well, exactly. it. Exactly. So... He's, he's, you're right, you nailed it. We've talked about this since last year. He's not a good baseball player. And by the way, you don't have to be a good baseball player to be a good DH, but you do have to hit to be a good designated right. hitter. He doesn't even do that. No, exactly, exactly. But I didn't even really want to talk about him. I just got into, like, got into the averages and everything and all these new metrics. Um, I did want to touch on this whole Kodai Senga thing. And besides the fact that this team just is making me sick, Sal, it really is making me sick. You know how I ended the season. You know how I was all winter. And I've been trying to be positive. But I don't see much in this team to be positive. You just said it yourself. They may be able to turn it around and be a playoff team and all of that good stuff. But there's nothing that we can see that will tell you, man, because there's no guarantees, right? But maybe this team could go out there and win a World Series. I don't see it. But this whole thing with Kodai Senga and you know, everybody wants to kill Buck for everything nowadays. I said it last night. Buck's problem is right now that nobody's picking him up. The players are not picking each other up, and they sure as heck are not picking Buck up. Everything he tries is not working. But am I going to kill the Mets and Buck for trying to pitch Sanger on regular four days rest? I mean, this is what everybody does. 
Name me the pitcher that doesn't do that. Even the guys that come from Japan, eventually they get on the normal rest. So you got to try it sooner or later. And then you fight through it, like you said, him pitching at one, them wanting to pitch at home. He's been more successful at home. I can't knock him for that. Him, like everyone else, like Francisco Lindor, and, and I'm not going to go through the whole list, need to be better. These guys need to be better on the field, man. And I don't know if it's an outside voice, whether it be in, in a trade or pick up a player that comes in, um, maybe a new hitting coach, whatever it is. But maybe somebody needs to come in and tell these guys, Yo, listen, guys, you're a good team. But you need to start acting like it. Like, these guys should have came into the season upset. They should have came into the season as teed off as I was and every other Mets fan out there and try to prove a point. Like, yeah, you want to say we choked last year? You want to say whatever it is. We're going to show you that we mean business. And instead, this team has come back again with this, oh, tomorrow's another day mentality. Until, again, I'll keep saying this, you run out of days. Well, I told you, it's it's this it's the theory that they got punched in the mouth. They were embarrassed. They never got off the mat. They walk around with their tail between their legs, as opposed to okay, you got us last year. We're going to show you now, and that's why I want to see this series in particular. This is a hey, where you got us last year? We're getting you back now. Like a bully, right? Like a bully that got hit for the first time. But who the heck is a mess to think you're some bully? You had a good year. You seem like a bully offense last year because. Either they all hit or nobody hits. Right? They're like fun runners. But who the heck are you to walk around like you're some bully and now you got hit in the face and, and now you, 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 you're ashamed? You, you can't well, get that's, back Well, you, you nailed it. The Mets are, and as always, Hector, good stuff. Thank you for the call. The Mets have, see, they're not a bully. They were actually good last year, but they're not a bully team. But they acted like a bully who got punched in the face for the first time and ran the other way. Didn't know what to do. That's what happened when they got beat in the first game against Atlanta. You saw more signs of it in the second game against Atlanta. And then you saw them get wiped or get knocked down on the mat. And they were the floor was wiped with them after that third game where Chris Bassett got lit up on Sunday Night Baseball, if I'm not mistaken. And that was that. They were never able to recover. Atlanta wiped the floor with them. Atlanta won the division. I think the Mets were embarrassed by that. I think they were afraid the entire September of letting that division lead go. The Braves put the pressure on them all year, all year. Here they come, here they come. Mets fought them off, fought them off all year long. Mets finally took... Was it four of five or three of four that weekend? That was the famous when I came on that night an hour late and was doing the end. At least it's over. That's when it started. That should have been it. But the Braves kept coming back. Mets kept holding them off. Even with the struggles in September as the Mets were struggling but still trying to hold the Braves off, they were able to until they had to go head-to-head. And all year long with the Braves hot on their trail, nipping at their heels all year long. Finally, Atlanta had the opportunity to take the Mets on head-to-head, and they had to sweep the Mets to win the division. Mets just had to win one game, but they played scared, and they got swept. And they have not recovered. And they acted like a bully who got caught, and they've been embarrassed ever since. And I love the people that say, oh, last year's last year. It's in the past. It doesn't mean anything. Bull. Crap. I'm not buying it. 
I'm not buying it. Just like the collapse in 2007, where, oh, there's not going to be any carryover. Bullcrap. It happened in 2008 as well. That's what happens when you keep that core together. And they didn't change up anything, and it's these same guys. 877-337-6666. We're talking both Mets and Yankees. Peppy is calling from Milford, Connecticut. Peppy, what's up with your Yanks? Hey, Sal, how you doing? Great, Peppy. How are you? Ah, not too bad, thanks. Hey, you know, I've been a Yankee fan since, I don't know, 53. I'm 75 years old, just turned 75. I've seen it all, man. And let me tell you something. I bought Yes through my cable system, and now I've got to go through four or five venues if I want to watch a game on a Tuesday night and it's on Apple. I don't have Apple. Well, you could just listen to it on the fan. Oh, yeah, I always do. Mm-hmm. Always I do. And uh, one, of the, one of the things that I was saying is, you know, they, they, they spend a lot of money. They spend on two players $460 bucks, of which one is not even playing. Hasn't made one pitch yet. And myself, personally, I love Aaron Judge. But I think they made a bad move. I think they should have scrapped it and got four players at forty million bucks apiece, and and had a team. Right now they got Chucky Davis in left field. Who the hell is that? I don't even know who that is. I don't know who that is either. Who's Chucky oh, Davis? That's number twenty four. I, I I made a joke on that. Oh, um, I'm not, I was not. I was uh, like, he's uh, about a five four guy. Uh, uh, he's a black fellow, a nice guy, I, I presume. I was going to say, we, are we watching the same team? You know, Greg Allen, who they just traded for, just got hurt, so he's yeah, out. No, he was he's in center hurt. field, dude. And, and myself personally, you, you know, I, I'm I'm really tough on this, uh, on on the Yankees at this point. Look, I can't scream and complain because they're playing good ball, but I've never seen a team like this, and I don't know. I'm kind of in the clouds. Matter of fact, yeah, I, I think you should be excited, though, Pat. I played baseball with Bobby Valentine. I used to live in Stanford, Connecticut. And I played with him in the Little League. Um, he was on the moose. I was on the visitation. And well, I mean, look, here, here's the thing, though, Peppy, and thank you for the call. Appreciate you checking in. I don't know why you would be frustrated with the Yankees right now. Are you just saying that you don't like new age style of uh, baseball? You don't like the changing of the lineup? Like, I don't understand what's there not to like about the Yankees right now. They've been playing good baseball. This was a, a very exciting series against the Dodgers. Yankees have been the more entertaining team of the two between the Mets and Yanks. Yankees have been the more entertaining team. Not only are they better, but they've been more entertaining with the games themselves. Both series against the Rays were lights out. I mean, those were tremendous seven games. The Blue Jays series, very entertaining. The Baltimore series, very entertaining. Obviously, the Dodgers series very entertaining. Yankees have been exciting; they've been good. I'm not sure what your issue is with uh, you know with the Yankees exactly. You're just looking for something to complain, Pepe. Come on, you want to complain about the you know Apple TV, Amazon? I understand it. Unfortunately, hey, look, that's not going to change anytime soon. If anything, it's going to get worse. Greg is calling from Huntington. What's up, Greg? Hey, Sal, how are you? Good, Greg. What's on your mind? Um, I guess. All night long, you've been talking about consistency, and and for me, it seems as though if I'm going to look at the Yankees and the Mets here for a second, 
the Yankees stars have been consistent, starting with Rizzo, Torres, and Judge. Just talk about those three. The rest of the team, it's been big players jumping in and out, a couple of guys getting sent on their way. Uh, Domingo Herman really came alive when you needed someone to because Nestor, we were hoping, was going to have a better. And then, so when you go back and look at the Mets, their big problem, and I'm a Yankee fan, and I'm just like saying it from just looking at it, they're going to be able to get there when their stars become consistent, and that's it. And whether or not you need a guy to get on that team and learn how to punch somebody in the face, whether or not it's Lindor, that, for me, that's what has to happen. Lindor's got to get up. He's got to, you know, coil back, take the fist, hit a couple of home runs, make some great plays, and turn everyone else on because you need someone to jumpstart that team. And but I he doesn't have it fun. in him. I don't think – I'm not saying Lindor can't be a leader – he doesn't have – see, the number one thing I love about Aaron Judge, what do you think is the number one thing, Greg, that I love about Aaron Judge? That he's consistent and he's a huge – he's a great leader and he, he, he's uh, humble and carries a team on his back. And he is confident. Aaron yeah. Judge, you're right, all those things that you mentioned, not only is he a great player, he's confident. There's nothing that Aaron Judge – cowers to nothing can mess with him he doesn't waver to anything he's sure of himself he's confident he he leads other guys he makes them more confident Lindor at times too many times Greg and I think you bring up an excellent point I think you're right and thank you for the call too many times Lindor looks like a a scared cat he looks frightened he looks like the stage is too big now, there are times, and I trust Lindor in a clutch moment. You know, Lindor's had big, the games have gotten bigger. He's performed well. Subway Series his first year with a three-home run game. That's a big deal. You know, clutch moments against the Braves, whatever. Lindor's had some big moments. Obviously, we need to see a little bit more. But I do trust him. I think he's got that in him. I just haven't seen. We are not seeing a fully confident Francisco Lindor. For whatever reason. Maybe it's still the first season and the remnants of that. Maybe it's the early season struggles and he's trying to find it. He's thinking too much. I'm not seeing a confident guy. Even when Aaron Judge goes through a slump, uh, however rare that may be, I see a confident individual that believes he's going to lead his team to victory, that believes the Yankees are going to win it all. Now, it hasn't happened yet for Judge and those Yankees, but he is a confident leader who leads both by example and also in other ways in that clubhouse. The Mets don't have that confident player like Judge. Artie's calling from Rockland County. Artie? Hey, how you doing, Sal? Thanks for taking my call. Thanks for making it. What's up, Artie? I was born in 1949, and I've seen the Yankees from the late 50s. I've seen the George Bretts and the Mickey Mantles and the Willie Mazes and all these guys, Tony Gwynn-Batten, all these high averages, even saw Ted Williams last couple of years of his career. I can't believe you're not stating the obvious. The obvious reason the guys of yesteryear batted so much higher and so many of them batted over 300 compared to the guys of today is the guys, the teams today, they have five, six guys in the bullpen that are seven feet tall. They throw 102 miles an hour. They've got a 95-mile-an-hour sinker, a 90-mile-an-hour changeup. Back in those the other days, 
The guy threw the same pitcher for four at best. He threw maybe 90, 92 miles an hour. The yeah, I don't, so but I don't, I don't believe that that's a reason for it. I don't he, think that the pitching is better now. I don't think Tony Gwynn would bat what he batted. Bull no crap. No, 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 no. Hold on. Bull crap. No, no there's way, no Ted way. Williams, not, not today. Not today. Yes, absolutely today. Say? These pitchers are junk. Half of them don't belong in the big leagues. What are you kidding me? I don't, I don't agree about the bullpen. A lot of teams have built up tremendous bullpens. It's a Yeah, they're all right. Position. I mean, they're all right. These guys, some of them can't even throw strikes. So what? They're throwing hard. What? You don't think Tony Quinn or Wade Boggs could hit a fastball? I mean, give me a break. No, they could be not 102 with, with movement. The way the, the, you see the bullpens of some of these teams, Sal. Yeah, no, I'm already, already. Um, there's no way. And thank you for the call. Uh, yes, I've seen the bullpens on some of these teams. There's no way you could tell me that the pitching now in a, an era of expansion where we got these teams expanding their rosters, there's expansion teams to begin with, with the amount of teams compared to, let's say, 1987 or whatever year you want to reference, There's it's watered down. A lot of these guys don't belong in the big leagues. Come on. You think that's going to deter Tony Gwynn or Wade Boggs or Don Mattingly or Kirby Puckett or pick your guy, George Brett? Absolutely not. They face pitchers that started the game and finished the game and were dominant at that. These guys face Nolan Ryan, Bob Gibson. You know, I'm not, I'm just throwing out some names here. Even Pedro Martinez and Randy Johnson or Greg Maddox. And you think they're worried about. Miguel Castro coming out of the bullpen because he throws 100 miles an hour or whatever? I mean, come on. AJ is in Port Jeff. What's up, AJ? Hey, Sal. How you doing, man? Thank you for taking my phone. What's up, AJ? Hey, so listen, you know, just another another day of me calling you frustrated with the Mets. Um, this year's team, remind, I know they're a lot more expensive and supposedly a better roster, but they remind me a lot of the 2021 Mets in terms of the fact that there's no urgency. After the game, I feel like I've been listening to the same post-game interviews of guys saying, yeah, I thought, we played, I thought we've been playing well, but we didn't get it done. You know, we're, we're going to get it going. I would love, just after one of these debacles, for a Pete Alonzo or, you know, Lindor's accountable, but someone to get on a post-game interview and be a little fiery and call out teammates, not by name, but call them out in the fact, like Hector said, Getting some, you know, get fiery and say, listen, we're terrible right now. we got to be better. There's no sense of urgency in the at-bats. It reflects every game that you're watching. I watch every single game just like you. Every single time, Sal, in the first inning, we're losing in games. Where's the sense of urgency to jump on somebody's throat in the first inning and go up six runs and have a laugher? It's just like there's no urgency. They're waiting for teams. They, it's almost like they expect to be handed a playoff spot and be a contender instead of going out and taking it. I think you're right. I think there's a false I think there's a false sense of confidence and they rely on that false positivity. We're going to be fine. We're a good team. We just got to play better. We got to go out there and do what we got to do and thank you for the call, AJ. But it's not it's not real. And what would be real is that somebody stands up and says, "Hey, this is unacceptable. We're 500. We're a better team than this. I played like crap today. I got to get better." And Lindor has been accountable, you're right, but they're missing that edge, that fire. Something's just off. Hey, look, maybe the series with the Braves, maybe it gets them going. But enough of the, oh, we'll be fine type stuff. some point, somebody's going to call somebody out and things got to change. 
Forget the false confidence. They need real confidence. Thanks to Big Zoo for all his help. Thanks to everybody who called and listened. Appreciate each and every one of you. Back again tomorrow night slash Wednesday morning at 2 a.m. EJ Stewart's up next. He'll take you through the overnight. Enjoy the rest of your night. Sports Radio 101.9 FM. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.